Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max, the podcast. Check the guys out live weekday mornings from 6 to 10 Eastern on ESPN Radio. Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max, ESPN Radio. Call us on the Dr. Pepper call-in line, 888-SAY-ESPN, 888-729-3776. The question is, What's the best head coach job opening in the NFL right now? Or you can hit us on the Dr. Pepper Twitter feed at Key J and Max. And guess who we have this morning? None other than Pro Football Hall of Fame coach Bill Parcells. Good morning, coach. coach. Good morning, fellas. How you doing, coach? I'm doing well. Yourself? We're doing great. Oh, we got you on the. We got, we got you, you on us. the line. We're, We're good. Great. Bill, how you doing, Coach? Key. What's happening? You run that alumni at SC there, confiscating those Midwestern coaches out to the West Coast there? Whatever we can do to get some W's on the board, we will do. Even bring you out of retirement if it helps us. Oh, no. Dinosaur. I'm a dinosaur now, Key. Well, yeah, that may be true, but you still still can coach, I'm sure. You, You follow football pretty well. In fact, I want to ask you about uh, the New York Giants. In in your first year with the Giants, things wasn't all rosy for you, and you know people wanted to to put your head on the chopping block. And now you got this Joe Judge here in New York. How do you think things should play out with Joe Judge moving forward? Well, you know, New York is 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 a tough place to coach. Uh, for inexperienced people. You know, I grew up there. It was a little easier for me knowing the environment. But, you know, I I can't pass judgment on that. I, you know, I know when you don't win games, uh, everybody gets impatient. I mean, you see what's happened in these various cities around the country yesterday. Uh, I have no idea what's going to happen with Joe Judge. You know, the Giants are a team that I've, I've been interested in since I was a young boy. I've been rooting for him for 70 years. So whatever they decide to do, I'm just hopeful that that things get better eventually. You know, one more of your stops down in Miami, and you know Stephen Ross well. You worked for him as the president of the football operations down there. Um, they let Brian Flores go. How shocked and surprised were you when you heard the fact that a guy who has turned the program around, although he has zero playoff appearances, but headed in the right direction was let go. I have to tell you that was a surprise key. And, uh, you know, he has definitely brought that team to respectability and a good competitive level. Um, I think there's still a little uncertainty on some of their personnel, but, I think Brian Flores did an excellent job. You know, I know Chris Greer well. I've known him since he was 12 or 13 years old. He was in my draft room at New England when he was still in high school. So I don't know what the thinking there was. uh, But I really, you know, Brian Flores has shown 
that he has the ability to take a franchise that wasn't doing well and get them to respectability. I don't think he'll be out of work very long. Coach, a lot of job vacancies right now. If you were in today's game and you were available, which job do you think would be the most attractive? Which one would you pursue because of the chance to win? Well, not knowing all of the owners, I mean, just at face value, um, it's, you know, I think you see the quarterback in Jacksonville, but, you know, we don't really know about him yet, nor do we know about Justin Fields. Myself, I like those flagship franchises like the Bears and the Giants and the Packers and those kinds of places. Uh, they appeal to me, um, but I don't know enough about those those quarterbacks to say which job I would, you know, think would be the most attractive. I I can't tell. I don't know about those guys. Bill Parcells, Pro Football Hall of Famer, two-time Super Bowl champion, my former head coach, joining us this morning on Keyshawn, Jay Will, and Max. Uh, coach, when when you were job hunting – when you made a decision to move locations outside of the New York Jets because you knew I was there, what uh, what were you looking for in your teams that made made it desirable for you when that decision was made? Key, all the coaches are the same. They just want to they just want a chance to win somewhere. They want a good support system. You know, they want they want a compatible uh, general manager that's philosophically compatible with them and, and has shares the vision on personnel acquisition. That's the biggest thing. It's a personnel acquisition business. And that, that is always a joint venture. That's not a, you know, when you go to a place, you're not, you're not playing solitaire. You have to have a good support system. And uh, the, the, the vision on personnel has to be a shared vision. And it can't be, oh, just get me good players, I'll fit them in. That's not the way it works. You have to be able to convey to the organization and the scouts that are working for you exactly what the critical factors are for each position, what the requirements are for the scheme that you intend to use. And, you know, that eliminates a lot of draft prospects when you start isolating your vision for a certain type of player that you want that cuts your draft board down from 300 to 125. And, but when you put that draft board up, every one of those players has to be a player that the organization has the vision for. It's not, they're not all ready-made starters or pro bowlers, but, Maybe this guy's going to play 25 plays for us in a backup role and a good special teams player. Well, that's valuable to a coach. But it has to be compatible, the philosophy on personnel acquisition, because that's the key to the business. Talking to the great Bill Parcells, Pro Football Hall of Fame coach and the coach of my beloved New York football giants when I was a kid and Coach, you can talk about guys like Joe Judge or whomever, and it's too early to make an evaluation, whatever. But I and and not and not. I understand not everyone can be Bill Parcells, but 
when you showed up to a place, even if your record wasn't good in your first year, there was clear improvement the following year. Like, you could see clearly the direction the team was headed. How much patience should a fan base have with a coach? Like, how many years do you think it takes to evaluate him? When do you? When should we want to see progress? Well, you know, fan bases don't have patience, Max. I mean, you know, fan bases are there. They deal in the 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 immediate, the the current. Um, but you like to see progress, and you know, when you don't see it after two or three years, then I think it's just a natural feeling that hey, maybe this isn't the right situation for either the coach or for the organization. So. Uh, you know, I really can't pass judgment not being there. You know, I have a, like I said, a rooting interest. But, you know, it's it's, it's a difficult thing. You know, they have a little poem. I don't know whether you guys have ever heard it, but I'll recite it for you because it's very uh, applicable. And it goes like this. Or the ground, the snowflakes hover. Losing coaches run for cover. I never got around to winning open season now beginning. So open season was yesterday. (laughs) That is the great Bill Parcells, ladies and gentlemen. It is always a pleasure to talk to you, Coach. Thanks, Coach. Thanks, guys. All right, Coach. There it is. By the way, Bill Parcells show up, I'm just saying. By year two, that was a winning team. By year three or four, you're contending for a Super Bowl. Like, that's the way it was. Uh-huh. And yeah, I'm not saying everyone's got to be Bill Parcells. Too many like him. Yeah. But he, but he, you know, the thing is, is he's right about a lot of things because I clearly, I was underneath him. So I, I yeah. understand exactly the way things got aligned, certain players, all of those sort of things make all the sense in the world. Oh, you are, when people hear you on this show, they're listening to like almost like a Parcells disciple. You guys speak the same language for <laughs> sure. Kirby Smart finally got his national title, guys. Speaking of great coaches. So who's now facing the most pressure in college football? Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max, the podcast. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day. But sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. Have you ridden an electric e-bike yet? You need to check out Electric e-bikes today. The number one selling e-bike in America. Two things stand out that bikers love about electric. Number one, the majority of their models come pre-assembled, so you don't need to be a bike savant to ride them. Number two, electric wants to empower riders to spend more time exploring outside on their bikes, so they've made range a priority. Long-range batteries allow riders to hit typically around 65 miles of range or up to 150 miles on some models. Bonus, electric has purposefully priced their bikes to be affordably awesome so you don't have to break the bank to get these sweet rides. See why people who have made the switch to electric bikes have fallen in love with biking again by visiting electricebikes.com. That's L-E-C-T-R-I-C-E-B-I-K-S dot com. Intercepted! 
the 21-yard line. And Keely Ringo bringing it back across midfield. Across the 30. Inside the 20. Ringo scores! That is a fitting ending. Nolan Smith the sack. Georgia has won the national championship. How about this university? How about these fans? This is a special moment for the University of Georgia. Special moment for this team. This is Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max. We're live from the Seaport District, Pier 17, brought to you by Chase. So Georgia beats Alabama for their first national championship since 1980, before J. Will was even born. Mm. We're presented by Progressive Insurance. All guests join on the Goodyear Hotline. So here's Nick Saban on his former assistant, Kirby Smart, getting his first national title. Well, I'm, I'm, you know, proud of Kirby. I'm proud of the program that he's built. Um, he's done an outstanding job, you know, with his team. Uh, they played great. They've probably been the most consistent team all year long. Uh, we did a really good job, you know, in the SEC championship game. Nobody can take that away from these kids, and um, I'm proud of them for what they were able to accomplish. And then Nick Saban, like Belichick, he's always on the same message, most consistent team, all the way he evaluates things, very kind of basically and straightforward. But here's my question, guys. Where does Kirby now rank? Now that he's gotten not only the win against against Saban, but also, more importantly, the national title, college football coaches, where does he rank? Because only three active coaches have won a title in the CFP area. It's obviously Dabo Sweeney, Nick Saban, and now Kirby Smart. Um Urban Meyer and uh, Orgeron also won titles, of course, but they're no longer active mm-hmm. in the college coaching ranks at the moment. So where do you rank them? Where's, where's Kirby Smart? He's probably, to be honest with you, he's probably two to me. Two? Yeah. yeah. I would yeah, say two as well. Two. Ahead of Dabo? Yeah. yeah, because he plays in the SEC. The conference level, the, the competition level is exponentially greater than the ACC. See, I don't, I, <clears throat> excuse me, sorry about that. I don't even, I'm not even looking at it. From the conference standpoint, as much as that I am from a consistent standpoint, which means as a defensive coordinator at Alabama, several national championships, clearly top defenses helped him get the job at Georgia. Mm-hmm. Now he's won a national championship. Georgia's been one of the top five programs since he took over for Mark Rick at Georgia. They've been in two national championships. They faced Alabama. They won one, lost one. On top of that, consistent top 10 recruiting classes year in and year out. Hasn't developed a pro quarterback yet, but that's okay. He'll get there, I'm sure. Defensive players are always drafted out of there. And you say, well, why ahead of Dalbo Sweeney? I know a little bit about the program at Clemson. Mm -hmm. So when I look at Chad Morris, Morrison, who left and took the job at SMU as offense coordinator, head coach, then went to Arkansas. Then Tony Elliott and Jeff Scott took over as co-coordinators. Both of them have moved on. Brent Venables has left and gone to Oklahoma. So I start to look at that. And then over the last two to two and a half years, Clemson started to crack a little bit. It started to kind of. You're correlating you know, the absence of certain of coordinators with the decline in the fortunes of the program. So you are crediting the coordinators with a absolutely. lot of the success. Absolutely, man. Chad Morris 
uh, uh, Tony Elliott, Brent Venables, and Jeff Scott were some of the main recruiters, especially in that Florida area when they was bringing all them kids up from Florida to Clemson. Them dudes, he was the closer as the head coach, but them dudes was in the weeds grabbing everything. As opposed to Saban, who's lost coordinators and just keeps on rolling. Keeps rolling and on and on and on, as well as Kirby Smart. Kirby Smart is, is losing assistant coaches all the time. Consistently and Consistently winning, and I think they now, Jay, uh, uh, Jay, will take over that number two spot from Clemson that – gives Alabama a run for their money over the next several years. Jay, you, you bring up the conference and you bring up the coordinators mm-hmm. maybe contributing a lot to Sweeney Dabo's success. The only thing I'll say about that is this. That may be true, right? I'm not going to ref- try and refute that. It is true. But when you are at a moment in time, and that moment has passed, when it's not clear if it's even still the Nick Saban era because you're head-to-head going with him over, let's say, a five-year period, you're winning as many titles, you're beating him head-to-head – like, I, I can't put someone over that guy yet, not from one national title. Not yet. It's more about the body of work, too. And I, I, I go to the conference just because her, Kirby Smart's winning percentage is, like, roughly around 81.3. In the, what's the best conference in the nation, Max? Every year, it's not even a question. Where yeah. did you have the yeah. ACC ranked this year? Key? They would probably be third, <laughs> third I guess, yeah. right? All right, but yeah. like we're we're constantly talking about third look, or for somebody who's born and raised in the ACC. Like it's it's been a long conversation about where the ACC ranks as opposed to the Big Ten, the SEC, and other conferences, right? Sure, when it comes sure. to football, so like I take that into conclusion on how I draw this like, this whole narrative about Kirby Smart and the fact that his winning percentage is slightly better than Dabo and Dabo. The fact that he's winning all these games helps him get to the CFP. It's just it's when you look at the body of work, man. It's not it's not off. You're making a good argument. It's not off now. I'm, I was surprised by the answer at first, but you're both making good arguments. But you think about it, they went head to head against each other too, Clemson and Georgia, right. opening day. Right. What happened? Yeah. So it's like, I, look, it's hard at this moment I to argue against no, Kirby's money. I understand what you're saying because it makes sense. You got a guy that's gone to however many championships head to head against uh, uh, Nick Saban. The only thing I'm saying, I'm going to use one of Max's terms. Alabama is still where they're at. Georgia is coming up high. And I think, for whatever reason, Clemson's getting ready to fall off a cliff. (laughs) The trajectory is different. It's showing me something different. It's interesting. Well, Listen, when you, you guys are in make a hell dog a fights with Pitt and all, it's like, come on, man. Well, Key, you're also, you're also talking about other championship games you got into, right? You think about what? I think it was 2018, the championship game. They had a 10-point lead. Georgia did versus Bama, mm-hmm. and they lost that lead. And then the following year, 2019, the SEC championship, right? They had a 14-point lead. They lost that lead to Bama, right? So getting over the hump against Bama is different than getting there against other opponents. You know what I mean? Where Clemson is just different. If he could different some, hurdle. If he could somehow find – I know Stetson Bennett had a – amazing season and won the national title and all that. But if he can find a consistent, and I'm talking about Alabama big-time quarterback type dude to go along with what he is in Georgia, if he can get him one of them dudes, if he can get him a C.J. Stroud or a Justin Fields that was at Ohio State or, or Trevor Lawrence that was at Clemson, if he can get some of that at Georgia – well, a national well, title out. ain't going to make that harder. It's going to make it easier. Yeah, and Max and Key, 
He won it with a guy who was a former walk-on. That's what I'm saying. Like his nickname used to be Mailman. Right. That's what they used to call the championship quarterback for a national championship team. Saying, the Mailman. You, I can't. I, to me, Dabo's still got to be two, but you guys are making me think about this hard. Key, you have a real rankings. And we just talked about Kirby Smart. Mm-hmm. But you have, uh, you have a real rankings on deck. I'm the smartest guy in the box, so I like that too. Key's Real Rankings. Time for Key's Real Rankings. Ranking the most pressure to win a national championship at their current school. Head coaches in college football. Number five. Number five is Brian Kelly, the new LSU football coach. Big Brian Kelly. Got a little twang to his voice now down in Louisiana. <laughs> Day one. Day one. Change it up. But you got Brian Kelly, right? He didn't win a national title at Notre Dame. They went out, paid big money to bring him in after firing Ed or Jerron. Pressure's on Brian Kelly to get it done at number five. Number four. Jim Harbaugh. At number four, Michigan now has their sights set on a national championship. He finally beat Ohio State. He finally got to the CFP. Now the next step is to win a national title. Whether or not he's there or he goes to the pros, if he stays, the pressure is on. There is no more Ohio State. There is no more little brother at Michigan State. There is no more Penn State. It is all about the national championship. Number three. Jimbo Fisher. We just had Jimbo Fisher on with us. And, look, winning a national championship is huge. He won one at Florida State, but Texas A&M, big-time money, big-time situation, top recruiting class year in and year out. There's no more excuses for Jimbo Fisher. Jimbo Fisher won a national championship with Jameis Winston. Hadn't been back since. So now everybody's looking at him and saying, hey, dude, it's your time now. You, you, You beat Alabama, it's your time now sitting at number three. Number two. Oh, number two, Lincoln Riley. I got it. Ooh, I'm putting that pressure on you. We gave him a hundred and I don't know, reportedly a hundred and ten million dollars of real money, a Mercedes Benz. We bought two houses uh, uh, from him in Oklahoma to put back on the market. We bought him another house in California, and we are starving to get to the college football playoffs. Okay, don't Ro- AB him now. Don't put Ro- all the business. <laughs> Ro- Rose Bowl is not good enough. Mm. Cotton Bowl is not good enough. We got to play in the college football playoffs. That is what USC is all about. We get top recruiting classes. Hey, in fact, I'm s- s- for some reason smelling Caleb Williams, former Oklahoma quarterback, that's in the portal, will probably be at USC as a quarterback. What? So that pressure mm-hmm. is sitting at number two. Mm-hmm. What? Number one. And number one. Is Ryan Day. He, he, ooh, man, think about it. Urban Meyer left after winning national titles and Big Ten conferences and bowl games and everything. Started off hot at Ohio State, but since has kind of cooled off a little bit, especially this year. When you lose to Michigan, everybody's looking at you now and they're saying, hey, man, okay, this is not what we signed up for. We signed up for you to be the top dog. And I know it's not fair. You can always point to records and things of that nature. But college football is about big-time money. It's about championships. And all the alums care about and the boosters is winning a national title and making money. And the way that you make money in college is the enrollment, the applications, the student body, the boosters writing checks. 
And that's how you build programs. And if you're losing games and you're not winning, you're not going to get those checks written. Imagine Mel Tucker took over Michigan State. He won, what, nine games this year or something like that? Here's a billion dollars. They they messed around and gave him a $100 million contract, and then he goes out and loses Purdue right after that. That's college football. And you got to be able to deliver. So those five guys on that list right there, they must deliver very, very soon, or they will be joining us here at ESPN. Well, Ryan Day is obviously showing that. I mean, he hired defensive coordinator Jim Knowles, right? And he brings him in. He's won everywhere he's been. He just fired his O-line coach. So they, they are sweeping house. They are trying to bring in the right people to help this program be in the upper echelon every single year. Because he feels He has it. to. You have to. Think of about course. it. When you, he feels it. I'm an OSU fan. Trust me. That, that I, was I see a, it. Let me tell you something. That was a fire list. Both of you, you two are on fire today. You're convincing me about Kirby Smart, and they give me that list, boy, that, that, changing the way I'm thinking about this. I think you're exactly right. I even like your order. Keys Real Rankings are brought to you by Dell. For your small business needs, call a Dell Technologies advisor today at 877-ASK-DELL. Former Bulldog weighs in on Key's list and tells us what the title means for Kirby Smart. Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max, ESPN Radio. Dr. Pepper, call in line. 888-SAY-ESPN, 888-729-3776. What's the best head coach job opening in the NFL right now? That's the question. Hit us up on the Dr. Pepper Twitter feed, at KeyJ and Max, by the way. So, Benjamin Watson joins us now on the Goodyear Hotline. Good morning, Benjamin. What up, Ben? Good morning, gentlemen. How are you? It is a great morning. It's also a great day to be a Georgia Bulldog. Had to get that in. <laughs> I love it. I love it. I love it. <laughs> there you go. You were listening hey, to It's Keith. been a long time, man. It's been a long time. I was, I was born in 1980, so it's been a long time. Right. Yeah, your whole life. Wait, wait were you bef- born before or after? When in 1980 were you born? Very beginning of the year or was it after? It was in December. See, this it was is in December. So this is like yeah, me it was with the way Knicks. towards the end. I, I was born in 1973, the last <laughs> time they won, but after, after, right? I was born in August. All right, you were after, listening to Key's yeah. list, yes, Benjamin? Yes. Okay. So, what'd you think? Who has the who has more pressure in the SEC now that Kirby has won a title, Jimbo Fisher or Brian Kelly? Well, I was kind of bristle at the thought of a first-year head coach having a lot of pressure. Um, Brian Kelly, obviously, the way he's coming to, to LSU and the big splash that LSU decided to make in hiring him. But I do agree that it's Jimbo Fisher, and only because if you look back at the beginning of this season, it was Jimbo Fisher and Texas A&M that so many people thought were going to challenge Alabama. And they challenged Alabama. Not only did they challenge Alabama, they beat Alabama in the regular season. They've got Arguably, I, I believe, has come in as the number one recruiting class. It depends on, the, you know, how everything uh, shapes out. But they've, they're stacked with, with five-star recruits. They've got momentum. They beat Alabama this year. He was the first assistant of Coach Saban to beat uh, his former uh, head coach. So uh, the, the pressure is, is definitely on Texas A&M to bring a championship back home. Yeah, Benjamin, so, you know, you watched that Georgia game last night. Obviously, uh, I had a chance to see you on the mega cast, which was pretty cool. What was the biggest difference last night in that Georgia win versus the loss in the SEC championship game to Alabama? Great question. Uh, Well, it it was Dan Lanning, and it was the defense. Now, 
Back in the SEC Championship, Georgia, which had had sacks all season, they had pretty much run through every single team that they played defensively, got pressure on the quarterback in every situation. They had zero sacks in that game in Atlanta in SEC Championship. Bryce Young was able to make plays with his legs, plays with his arms. Uh, Georgia had busted coverages. Uh, the first big touchdown to Jamison Williams back in the SEC Championship was on a, on a blown coverage. There were other blown coverages. But last night, Dan Lanning and the Georgia Bulldog defense did the things they needed to do. They were assignment sound. They got pressure on Bryce Young. And not only was it just pressure from up front, but they varied how they got the pressure on Bryce Young. It's important to understand that getting pressure is not simply about one-on-one matchups. Well, that's part of it. But they brought linebackers from depth. They brought safeties. They came from the outside, the inside. And when they were able to get to Bryce Young, they surrounded him and got the sacks that they were missing in the last game. Super Bowl champion, former Georgia Bulldog, Benjamin Watson, joining us here on Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max. Benjamin, we were talking about where Kirby Smart ranks amongst all college football coaches right now. If Nick Saban's number one, where do you have Kirby Smart? Well, I'm glad we go ahead and put it out there that Nick Saban is still number one. Uh, he's still number one until somebody gets anywhere close to what he's done. So he's still by and far there. Uh, I think that for Kirby Smart, um, he's ascending. And, you know, if I'm looking for a head coach to start a program, which Georgia has that head coach, he's not going anywhere anytime soon, especially after what happened last night. Uh, He's number two. Uh, He's young. He's got youth. He's energetic. He's a great recruiter. You see him flying around the state of Georgia. You see him uh, uh, doing whatever it takes to get those recruits. Um, But the players believe in him. Look, it, it was difficult for Georgia to go and lose that SEC championship and listen to what everyone had to say. But every man on that team, including the coaches, everything you heard from them said, you know, this is an opportunity for us to focus. We're either going to be defeated or we're going to be determined. Uh, It proved last night that they were determined and they overcame what was largely, I believe, uh, quite a bit of a mental hurdle in playing Alabama, a team who Kirby was uh, 0-4 against in his career until last night. How much uh, does this win shift the balance in the big, bad SEC? <laughs> well, I'm going to tell you, uh, Keyshawn, I, I, I am not. I, I am excited. I'm ecstatic right now. I just called the kids. They're on the way to school. Talk trash to everybody you want to. It doesn't matter. We are champions. But I'm not one of those people to say all, all of a sudden it's all about Georgia, even though I love my school and I believe that Georgia obviously proved that they have the best football team, that the power is still in Tuscaloosa. Uh, the, the, the proven pudding is still in Tuscaloosa. Now, there is a shift in confidence and there's a shift in performance, and it will remain to be seen, Keyshawn, what that does with recruiting. Because as you know, every time you're on a national stage like what we saw last night and Georgia mm-hmm. comes up with a victory in the way that they did, uh, recruits are watching that. They're making decisions whether they're going to go to Georgia, whether they're going to go to Alabama, whether they're going to go to Texas A&M, whether they're going to go some, to LSU. You know, Louisiana is a fertile, fertile ground with a new coach coming in. So there are all these decisions that these eight, these well, these high schoolers at this point, 18-year-olds and their parents are making. Uh, but there is a sense of competitiveness with Georgia now slaying the beast. Benjamin, I want you to know it's okay that you can claim Georgia. I get it. But don't forget where you came from. We, we, we have this affiliation at Duke, oh, man. You were never. there for a short stint. Like, you know, you're one of ours. Yes. I just want you to know that. One, one of, of ours. ours. <laughs> no, <laughs> that, no, no. Hey, hey, hey you know my nickname. You, hey, you know my nickname is, though? It's, it's Devil Dog. Ooh, and I let man. people know. Okay. I transferred to Georgia. I started off at Duke. That's yes, right. sir. Class of 99. Me and Jay Williams. I appreciate you, baby. I know you had to get out, but we appreciate you.
Devil Dog, thank you for joining us. Hey, man, appreciate you. Let's go. Devil Dog, that's it. Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max, and we had the pleasure of Devil Dog on the show today. Devil Dog. Appreciate you. What's the best head coach job opening in the NFL right now? We give our answers next. Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max, the podcast. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day. But sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really... Who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max reminding you to tune into the ESPN Daily Podcast, bringing you a deep dive into a single story from one of ESPN's hundreds of reporters presented by Supercuts. Download, subscribe, and review ESPN Daily, available wherever you enjoy your podcast. So earlier on the show, as you heard, we had David Kaplan from ESPN 1000. And asked him how possible, what's the possibility that the Bears can nab Jim Harbaugh? I don't think it's going to be a dollars and cents decision for a guy like Jim Harbaugh. If, if, if Jim says I'm interested, I think they would write him whatever check they have to write him. Of course. That's 100%. Money's not an issue because he's already getting money at the college level. It's about the control. Will they allow him to run the building? Which means that it, at Michigan, he's running the building. He's running the football department at Michigan. Just like Nick Saban is at Alabama, Kirby Smart is at Georgia. The GM will the, and the like what the Raiders the did for Bills, With the Chicago Bills, Lord have mercy. Will the Chicago Bears allow him to have full control like a John Gruden when he took over the Raiders. If Buck stops here. Given the, given the kind of dysfunction of the upper management in Chicago, seems to me that that's the best course of action. Get a football person that not only you trust, but that the world agrees is really good, and let him, let him buy the groceries and cook the food. But you got to remember, when they let him cook the food in San Francisco, mm. They went to the Super Bowl. No doubt. But they wouldn't let him buy the groceries, yep. so that's why things fell apart right. with Trent Bokey, mm-hmm. Jay. But the question is, do you think McCaskey and company will allow somebody the autonomy to actually do that? They're probably going to have to because most be coaches, you know, coaches of his pedigree and his age and he's been there and done it, when they get back in it, they want full control. It's like, I don't Either I'm going to do it like this not. or I'm not yeah, going to do it. You know what's crazy? Point. You know what's crazy? And I talk about Mara in New York. 
it actually is the easiest way. It makes your life easier, right? But also the easiest way to have a fan base love you is to step out of the way. The fa- like when you have, there's Just get out the way. The fans want to love you. They don't want to hate you. They want to love you. I mean, ownership of the franchise. They want you to be successful, right? So let me tell you why the Bears is actually the best opening right now to me, in spite of the dysfunction of upper management to this point. Tell me. <clears throat> Number one. There are some franchises mm-hmm. in professional sports in this country that are just different. They have a history. They're in a major market. They, they resonate with the sport, like the Bears. Sounds like football, original franchise. You know, the, the way the Packers or the Frozen Tundra, right? The Bears are the same thing. They have the greatest team of all time. People can debate it, but like when people say greatest t- football team of all time, 85 Bears is what oh. that means. Whether or not you agree they were actually – that's what that the brand of the 85 Bears, right? And because it's been that long since they've won, they got the thirstiest fan base of a football-obsessed town. And it's not like New York where you got two teams dividing the fan base or L.A. where you got, you know, you only got one. multiple. You got <laughs> one. So to me, that job, then the only question is, do they have a quarterback? And in my opinion, and it's too early to tell, I think Justin Fields has the potential to be a great quarterback. Mm -hmm. To me, that's the job, Key. It it is a job. It is one desirable job. There's no question about it of all the openings that's there. Many things that you said. Fan base. Loyal fan base. Uh, You win there. I worked with Mike Dicker for about 10 years here at ESPN. I mean, Coach Dick, I mean, like, come on. Seriously, like. (laughs) They carried Buddy Ryan off the field. Some would argue bigger than Michael Jordan in Chicago. Some would argue that. So that's a but for me, when I'm looking at it, like Coach Parcell said, can I align myself with the general manager? Can I get the right personnel? Who is there a quarterback that's there? You don't know about the quarterback, neither do I. But what I do know is that the Las Vegas Raiders is one of those brands that we talk about no matter what. That brand crosses everywhere. They got a quarterback. Okay? They got a defensive front. They got a running back. They are now in the playoffs. And I'm using them as an example because the job is not permanently rich Basachi as it is an opening. Warm weather market, yeah. desirable no taxes, market. Warm yeah. weather no market. Taxes, glamour market. Well, yeah. there it is. I, I had to do that for Mike Tannenbaum. But when you look at it, you got an established young. Carr is young. He's not an old quarterback. He is right in his there, prime. In his yeah, prime. Yeah. So you I'm got that. And it's not a hard fix. The only thing that I would do, if I, if I took over the Raiders right now, I'd go get me a big-time playmaking wide receiver, a Devontae Adams or whoever. I'll find me one. Draft one if you got if to. If I, I'll find one, whoever it is. I'll get me one of those, maybe two. I got Hunter Renfro. I got Zay Jones in there. Got Darren Waller. Got Darren Waller at the tight end. Jacob's at the running back spot. I need to you find me it. some secondary it. help because the secondary is a little suspect. So I need to find some secondary help. And I'm good. Yeah. But see, it's I, an I, easy I, fix. Yeah, I like the Raiders. I would probably choose the Raiders, number one. I didn't put them in the category because as of right now, they still do have a head coach. Even well, though I think yeah, we it's, know yeah. it's going to happen. But I just want to go back to your point about Chicago because I think Chicago is definitely up there. But you did lead off your entire breakdown about why Chicago would be your best pick by saying despite upper management disorganization. Yeah, dysfunction. Dysfunction, yeah. right? So I think that, that factors in. I go to Minnesota, guys. Mm-hmm. And I, I, I know there's cap restrictions there, obviously, with some challenges around Kirk. But you got talented roster, man. Like between – you think about Davin Cook, between Justin Jefferson, between Thielen, the way, the way they play, their defense is solid. 
and you have patient ownership. So Kirk Cousins is not like he's a horrible quarterback. I know you guys aren't on him. No, he's solid. He's not $35 million with the quarterback, but you can sign him to an extension to kind of relieve that if you are going to keep him. Relieve that cap restriction. You know, I'll say this about the Bears. I hear you. I think you're both making good cases. The Bears, like Key brings up, you could argue Dick was bigger than Jordan in Chicago. Understand. Some people would would say that. Understand. Understand. Buddy Ryan was – carried off the field yeah. because the team within the team they were like this dude's at least as much responsible as the head coach right well, yeah. but dick became so popular so mythological in this country that do you remember an I mean, snl skit yeah. you remember saturday night live had that skit the bears remember yeah, that okay bears. well there was one time michael jordan was hosting snl and so they had him in a the bears skit right and in that skit in the middle of basically a six peat for the bulls they were talking about what would happen if Dick uh, faced Jordan. And they said the universe would explode. They couldn't decide. So a dude who only ever won one championship and his D coordinator was carried off the field versus the greatest athlete who ever lived, and it was like a tie. If you win a yeah. Super Bowl in Chicago. I don't think it would ever be a tie. My, of course. Tie. But my point is. <laughs> not, they're not in, converse, not in the same conversation. But that's my that's point. Not, that's not my even po- building this argument. But, that, but that's my yeah, Dicka, point, Jay. Jay. I, I understand Dicka is a legend. I get it. He's hey, not debasing Dicka, but he's not in the same breath of as my Of course said, not. I that's said the point. In Chicago. I know, but this man's saying no, no, Jay, Jay, in Chicago. Jay, I can't let that happen. Jay, that's the point. Of course it's not. But there are people who are so obsessed with the Bears that for them, they're, they wrongfully think it is, right? If you win a Super Bowl with the Chicago Bears, you are in a different category than if you win with Minnesota or you even win with the Raiders. You are elevated in the American psyche in a different kind of way. So if you think you could do it and you believe in Justin Fields, take that job. Why the Giants are still judging their head coach? Well, most fans have already made their verdict. That's next. Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max. I love it. Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max, the podcast. Have you ridden an electric e-bike yet? You need to check out Electric e-bikes today, the number one selling e-bike in America. Two things stand out that bikers love about electric. Number one, the majority of their models come pre-assembled, so you don't need to be a bike savant to ride them. Number two, electric wants to empower riders to spend more time exploring outside on their bikes, so they've made range a priority. Long-range batteries allow riders to hit typically around 65 miles of range or up to 150 miles on some models. Bonus! Electric has purposefully priced their bikes to be affordably awesome, so you don't have to break the bank to get these sweet rides. See why people who have made the switch to electric bikes have fallen in love with biking again by visiting electricebikes.com. That's L-E-C-T-R-I-C ebikes.com.